right, guys, I think we'll go ahead and get started. I have a sign-up sheet here, just mainly for attendance, because it's hard for me to pay attention when I'm teaching to who's here, but I'd just like to know who is present. If you guys don't mind writing your name and your spouse's name and last name, just names are fine, but that way I can know who's here tonight. So thank you all for coming. It's a blessing to have you here, and I'm excited to have some time over the next several weeks to enjoy talking about parenting together. I hope it's beneficial for all of you. I wouldn't consider myself a pro by any means, but I think over the years, Julie and I have made enough mistakes that hopefully we have some wisdom to impart that will hopefully prove itself beneficial for you guys. Parenting is hard work, as you all know. It's probably why you're here. Julie and I are still in it. And just a word of encouragement, it doesn't get any easier the older they get. There's just different struggles that go along with it. Um, Parenting definitely changes as they get older, but it doesn't get easier. But I do think that the more wisdom you seek, the more life that you live, the more experience you have, I think it helps to have a sense of fulfillment and joy in parenting along the way. So, again, thanks for being here tonight. I'm looking forward to our time together. Did everybody get a handout when you walked in? Does anybody need one? Need one? Would one of you guys mind grabbing them back there? And thank you. Oh, you got one? Okay. So just to give you a little roadmap of things that we'll be covering together so you have an idea of what to expect. I think I taught this class three years ago. I just kind of picked some things that Julie and I sought wisdom for in our years of parenting young kids. Um, And I just decided I'd teach some of those things that we struggled through, some of those things that we sought wisdom for from some older people in the church. And so Uh, This week, we'll be talking about the goal of parenting, hopefully just to give you a good foundation to build upon moving forward. Next week, we'll talk about family structure, the relationships that make up the family, and how those relationships are to be viewed and prioritized. Week three, we'll talk about discipline. Week four, we'll talk about discipline. And week five, we'll talk about family worship and what family worship should look like in the home, in the everyday life of the family. Week six, we'll talk about your child's profession of faith. When a young child professes faith in Christ, how should you handle that as a parent? Week seven, I've asked James Ruhlman, who's one of our lay shepherds and an empty nester, if he would come and talk to us about parenting adult children, kind of in the high school years and as they move, move out of the home and how parenting changes then. And then the last week, I'm hoping and planning to have a panel of empty nesters from GBC who have been there and done that so we can ask them some questions and hopefully be able to glean some wisdom from their life of experience, their successes, and their failures. So that's kind of the eight weeks and the layout, what we'll be doing together. So this evening, I want to spend the majority of our time like I said, laying a foundation for faithful parenting. And then in the last 
15 minutes or so of class, I want to just give you guys as couples, as husband and wife, um, if your spouse isn't here, I'm sorry, but just want to give you guys some time to spend some time talking together, praying together, and uh, maybe just setting some goals for yourself over these next eight weeks. Um, Give you some time to do that. So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll read together verses 4 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I really want this passage to be at the forefront of our minds as we go throughout these next several weeks together, as we seek to learn what it means to be a faithful parent. These verses have definitely helped me over the years of being a father uh, to see what God wants from me, what he expects from me, And it gives me something visual to go to so I can see if I'm being faithful as well. So what do these verses tell us about parenting? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. I know that these were written to God's people, the nation of Israel. But I think there's some very practical wisdom and help for us as his people here today as well. So if you look at verse 4, it shows that you parent, mom or dad, you must know God. It's number one, you must know God. Moses said to the people of Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Moses called God our God because they had a personal relationship with him. God was their God and they were his people. They had been chosen by God to be his people And he had been faithful to reveal himself to them in many ways as they walked with him, as they obeyed him, as they served him, as they loved him. They had spent time with God learning who he was. Dad, mom, your first priority in being a faithful parent in your calling is to know God. How can you and I know God? Sunday school answer. The Bible. How else? Through prayer. Yeah. That may sound simple, but that's how we know God, right? God reveals himself still today to us as people through his word and through time in prayer with him. He does it primarily through his written word and through an intimate personal relationship with him. Part of any relationship is communication. And we communicate with him through one of his gracious gifts to us. That's through prayer. 
So you must put yourself in situations and positions in life that make it possible for you to learn who God is, to increase your knowledge and understanding of him, which will then lead to a greater fear and worship of him, which will then, I believe, produce a life of humble submission and obedience to him. So how are you personally doing in this area of your life? Are you spending regular, quiet, unbothered time in fellowship and worship and communion with your Heavenly Father? Do you understand the importance of this? Dads and moms, if you aren't getting to know your God, you will not have the right goals in your parenting and you will not be able to be faithful in this great calling and responsibility that God has given to you of being a parent. So the first thing we see from Moses in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, is that we must know God. The second thing we see in verse 5 is that we must love God. Love God. Moses says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. If we're going to love God rightly, we must first know who He is. So the order here is important. Our love for God flows out of a correct understanding of who God is. Our love flows out of truth. What does it mean to love God? You can turn to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Verses 16 through 18 says this about love. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. These verses are primarily talking about our love for one another, but I think they help us understand um, some important things about what love is. First of all, we can't even know what love is apart from God showing us, right? By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. God doesn't command us to love others without first showing us what love is what love looks like. So if you're here tonight and you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you've surrendered your life to Him and are trusting in Him alone for salvation, then you know the love that God has demonstrated to you. You've seen it. Unfortunately, in our world today, this word love has been downplayed, has been redefined to be whatever you want it to be. One can fall in and out of love with someone. Love is an emotion or a feeling that one may have for a time, but that emotion or feeling goes away. The individual moves on to the next person or object to love. If you just Google the definition of love, some of the definitions you might see are an intense feeling of deep affection, a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone, a great interest and pleasure in something, But do these definitions of love get it right? 
Love isn't an intense feeling or a romantic attachment or a great interest in pleasure. Love is a giving of oneself for the good of another. Love is forgetting self to serve another. Love is an acting, not just speaking. So is it enough for us to say, say that we love God? What does love for God look like? If we're going to love God in this life, we are going to pursue an intimate relationship with Him. Our love for Him is to be wholehearted. We are to make every effort to love Him with every part of who we are in every aspect of our lives. Love isn't a word we say. Love is an action we do. Love is a life we live. So dad, mom, if you're going to be faithful in God's call to you as a parent, you must know God and you must love God. Your love for him must be informed and motivated by your knowledge of who he is and what he has done for you through Christ. And your love for God must permeate into every area of your life. So know God and love God. And third, we must teach our children to know and to love God. Teach our children to know and to love God. Back in Deuteronomy 6, verses 7 through 9. Where and when does Moses say that they are to be teaching their children the truths of God? When you're hanging out at home, when you're out and about, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up in the morning. Moses tells parents to teach the same things that he has commanded them to their children. He says to teach them diligently. They are to work hard at it. They are to be intentional with it. Moses says it must be common and it must be regular for you to make conversation about the things of God part of every aspect of your life, every moment of the day. Every day and every moment of the day is an opportunity for you, mom and dad, to talk to your children about truth, about the gospel, about the character of God, about sin, about eternity. Repetition is key to learning, right? Rehearse the truths of the gospel regularly with your children. Every moment of the day is a chance to teach them about the character of God. So what are some practical ways this may play itself out in the everyday life of your family? Well, I know one for me is often the pretty skies that we have here in Kansas. Just saw one this morning. I was taking Kenna and Eden to school. And the sky was beautiful. Big clouds floating in the sky with the brightness of the sun coming up, outlining them. And I was reminded of Psalm 19.1. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And I told them that when we see such beauty in the heavens, it's a reminder to us that God is creator. And he displays his glory to us in the beauty of his creation. But that this glorious God who has with much care and beauty created what we see around us has also, and even more importantly, created you and me with much care and much beauty And he desires a personal relationship with us. Or how about when you observe one of your children 
being generous with a neighbor kid or with their sibling, sharing something with them. Don't just tell them good job and pat them on the head. Remind your child that God has been generous to share with us the most precious gift of all. His most prized possession, his only son, he sent to earth to give him as a gift to us. When we were undeserving of his love, he chose to love us anyway. And he gave of himself. We're presented with so many opportunities throughout our day to instill the truths of the gospel into the hearts of our children. And we must be faithful to take advantage of every opportunity that the Lord provides. And that then really leads us to the goal for the Christian parent. In light of what we've seen in Deuteronomy 6, I would say to you that the goal for the Christian parent, this is in your notes, is to be faithful to God's word by his grace and for his glory. The goal for the Christian parent is to be faithful to God's word by his grace and for his glory. Parents, the goal of your parenting cannot be how your children will turn out one day. Because that's not in your control. And it's also important for you to understand that the goal of parenting isn't perfection. There's only one who is perfect. And you aren't that one. Neither am I. The relationship of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ is the only father-son relationship that ever functioned in sinless perfection and perfect harmony. Jesus is the only one who has ever lived a perfect life without sin. So you and I, we will never be that perfect parent. You will fail. I will fail. But the good news is God's expectation of you isn't perfection. He knows your sin. And that's why Jesus came. He took our sin so that we could have his righteousness. And yes, we should be pursuing obedience. We should be becoming more like Christ with each day. But God's will for you in your parenting isn't perfection. It's faithfulness. And if you're here tonight and you know Jesus Christ... If you're born again, you can be faithful as a parent. Faithfulness isn't sinlessness. Faithfulness isn't never making a mistake in your relationship with your kids. Faithfulness isn't 18 years down the road pushing your child out of the nest with him or her saved. In the Old Testament, faithful is used to describe God. It means to be permanent, true, certain, of long continuance, steadfast, sure, trustworthy, and carries the idea of a firm and sure support. In the New Testament, faithful means to be trusted, reliable, or true. So according to what the word faithful means throughout Scripture, if we are to be faithful parents, we will be steadfast, we'll be trustworthy, we'll be true concerning our commitment to God and to His Word. Faithfulness is a life of obedience to God's word. Faithfulness is growing and maturing in truth. Your faithfulness in your parenting will be rewarded by him, not your perfection in parenting. And if you're here this evening, then God has put you in a position to be faithful as a parent. 
a Christian parent who is learning, praying, repenting, growing, maturing, changing, that is the faithful parent. And if you know Christ and you've been given a special gift to help you in this, that would be his spirit, right? You have the indwelling presence of God himself living inside of you, and he is the one who enables you. He empowers you to change, to grow, to mature, to become like Christ. And friend, this should encourage you greatly tonight. Maybe you've already failed as a parent, and you will fail again and again. But God has put within you his spirit to help you. And this leads us to the understanding that any ability we have to be faithful to his word is only by his grace. The only way we can be faithful is by his grace. God's grace is his unmerited favor and help towards his children. We are weak and unable, fallen and hopeless on our own. But God's grace for us has been made possible by the person of Jesus Christ. God's grace has provided for us salvation. And God's grace provides for us the ability to live a life of obedience, a life that is being formed more and more on a daily basis into the image of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Philippians 2.12-13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So yes, we have a responsibility to prayerfully strive to obey. But it is important for us to remember that it is only by his grace, his daily grace, that anything good comes out of our lives. Parenting can be a daunting task at times. There will be some days that are much more difficult and will take much more of your time and effort, and you'll be exhausted. My wife has told me for 18 years she's tired. (laughs) It's true. Like every day you're tired, right? It's daunting. But God's grace is always available to you and is always sufficient for you. And he is the one who enables you to do what he has called you to do. There will be things that you try as a parent that don't work. Maybe things that your parents did with you, they try with your kids that just don't work. Or things that you do a certain way with your kids for a season and then as they grow need to change um, because it doesn't seem to have the same effect anymore. And changes will be necessary, but change is also helpful. I think it's good for our kids to see that we aren't hypocritical. We aren't expecting change from them when we're unwilling to change ourselves. Change must begin with you and me as mom and dad. There'll be times that we sin. There'll be days that we have to go to our children and ask them to forgive us for responding with a harsh word, for being irritated or impatient with them. But the Lord gives grace for whatever situation you find yourself in. And because it's only by God's grace that we are enabled to grow in Christ's likeness, he gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. As you and I are able by his grace to parent faithfully, he is the one who should receive the praise for that. He is the one who has saved us. 
He is the one who is working in us to make us like his son. And he is the one who gives us the grace and the strength to persevere in our parenting. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So if we're to give God the glory for the little, everyday, mundane things in life like eating and drinking, how much more should he receive glory for our faithful parenting? Friends, this life is not about you and me. This life is not about our kids. This life is about making much of Christ. Our lives are to be a living sacrifice to Him, an offering of worship and praise and thankfulness for what He has done and for what He continues to do. I want to read a few pages for you from this book. John MacArthur wrote a book titled What the Bible Says About Parenting in 2000. Still very helpful for today. Um... He does a great job in this book of working through what it means to be a faithful parent as you raise your children through the many stages of them being in your home. I think we have several copies in the Resource Center if you just like to have something to read, even as we go through this class together. I'll try to maybe suggest a book each week, kind of with each topic that we do, if you think that would be helpful for you guys, because I'm sure you need one more thing to read, right? (laughs) Anyway, I just want to read a a couple pages for you in here that I thought were good, kind of go along with what we're talking about tonight. He says, God has made parenting a full-time responsibility. There are no coffee breaks from our parental duties. This principle was even built into the law at Sinai. God prefaced his instructions to the Israelites with this solemn charge. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. That is God's own definition of the parent's task. It means parenting is a full-time assignment in every sense of the expression. No phase of life is exempt. Not one hour of the day is excluded. There is no time out for the parent who wants to be faithful to this calling. Some parents think they can compartmentalize their child's life, assign a set number of hours per week to spend on parenting, and then fulfill their duties as parents by making sure the hours they put into the task are quality time. That whole philosophy is contrary to the spirit of Deuteronomy 6-7, and it is a sure way to guarantee that outside influences will have more influence than the parents in shaping the child's character. The history of Old Testament Israel is an object lesson about the dangers of neglecting this vital principle. Israel failed miserably when it came to the duty of teaching their children about God's righteousness. Consider this telling verse about the generation of Israelites who first entered the promised land, and note that this was merely one generation after God had first given the law at Sinai. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose from them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Judges 2, 7 and 10. In other words, that whole generation of Israelites failed in their responsibility. 
They neglected to teach their children about the things God had done for Israel. And as a consequence, the next generation turned away from the Lord in mass. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. The children turned to the evil gods of the Canaanites. Their environment influenced them more than their parents did because their parents abdicated the parental role. The result was idolatry, chaos, and destruction. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The same pattern was repeated again and again throughout Israel's history. Whenever a generation of parents neglected to plant the seeds that would provide shade trees for subsequent generations, the children suffered the spiritual famine that inevitably followed. It's so good. The same thing is still occurring to this day. Right now, the outlook for the next generation is as bleak as it ever, as it has ever been. And there will be no turnaround unless this generation of Christian parents resumes the full-time work of planting spiritual shade trees. For many parents, the first step toward getting back on track must be a fresh commitment to the things of God for themselves. If our own priorities in life are askew, there's no hope of teaching our children what they need to learn. So parents, take inventory in your own hearts. Do you thirst for God as the deer pants after the water? Or is your own life sending your children a message of hypocrisy and spiritual indifference? Is your own commitment to Christ what you hope to see in your children's lives? Is your obedience to his word the same kind of submission you long to see from your own kids? These are crucial questions each parent must face if we really want to be successful parents and good role models for our children. Parents who are lax in these areas virtually guarantee that their sons and daughters will fail spiritually. For parents to be derelict in their own spiritual lives is tantamount to cutting down all the shade trees for the next generation and their family. So good. Mom and dad, parenting is a blessing and parenting is a joy. Yes, there are and will continue to be some challenging situations, maybe even some hard seasons as we raise our kids. They're all so different in their personality and will face different challenges with each one. But they are our responsibility. God has entrusted them to us to teach and to train. And it should be our prayer every day that they come to a saving knowledge of Christ. But that is ultimately up to the Lord, right? He's the one that does that work, and we need to trust him with that. What he wants from us is to be faithful to his word as he gives us the grace to do what he says and then to give him the glory as he works in us and through us. So if you're here tonight and you know that you are unsaved and the Spirit has convicted you that you cannot be the parent that we've talked about already tonight, I would love to talk to you after this class. Your relationship with Jesus is the most important And I don't want you to leave here tonight not knowing for sure that you're saved. It's my desire for you that you can be the parent that God calls you to be. But you can't if you don't know him personally. 
And if you do know him, then you can be the parent that he calls you to be. And what an encouragement, what a hope that is for us. So over the next several weeks, we'll look at different topics within parenting that Julie and I have wrestled with, through, wrestled through, and sought wisdom for. Like I said, things like family structure, priority of relationships within the home, discipline and discipleship in the home, family worship, working through your child's profession of faith, parenting adult children, and then ending the semester with a panel of lay empty nesters from our church that we can learn from. So again, I don't claim to be a professional. I'm sure our kids would be the first ones to tell you that I'm not a good parent. But I will tell you that that you'll get as much out of this class as you're willing to put into it. And if you look on the back side of your notes, I do have some basic, practical homework for you. I would encourage you to be intentional with the homework. Take time to do it together with your spouse. This hour together is good, but the rubber really meets the road when you go home tonight. So humble yourselves. Be willing to make changes where changes are needed. Commit your plans to the Lord. Be obedient to him and watch how he will bless. So I'm really short tonight. I won't be this short the rest of the weeks, but I want to give you guys time to to talk as couples. Um, You don't have to stay till eight. I'd encourage you to spend at least 15 minutes together and you can spread out. If that makes you feel more comfortable, you're welcome to do that or even pull a chair out into the hallway if you need. But um, I just want you to sit as husband and wife, talk about your parenting, talk about your relationship with one another. Maybe there's sin that needs to be confessed. Maybe there's goals that need to be discussed. Um, Maybe you just need to sit and spend some time in prayer. And I'll be here if you have questions for me. My wife Julie's in the back for you ladies. If you you want to talk to us, we want to be a helpful resource to you over the next several weeks. I know that even looking through this room, there's a few of you who we have been able to spend time with in the last few years over lunch or having you in our home. And that's what we want to be. We just want to be a help. And sometimes that's not having the answers. Sometimes that's just us reminding you that we've failed too and that we're just failures working together, hopefully for the glory of God, right? But we're in it together and uh, we'd love to share our failures with you if that would be a help to you. So come talk to us if you need to. But let me pray for us and then you guys can kind of work through the homework if you want to and start talking about that together or just spend 15 minutes or so talking about life and parenting. So let me pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together on Wednesday nights over these next several weeks, and we can talk about parenting. We can talk about the kids that you have blessed us with, kids that are a a blessing and a joy from you. We realize that they are evidence of your grace in our lives. And there's times throughout our days that it doesn't feel like that. We know that we need your help. We need your grace. So I pray that you would make us dependent upon you, that you would help us to 
take advantage of the Spirit who is indwelling us, that we would work together with the Spirit, that we would grow in Christ's likeness, that we would be intentional in identifying the areas of our parenting that need attention, that need change, and that we would be diligent to work hard at this, especially over the next, next eight weeks, but that even implementing those things would just help us in the years to come to be able to be found faithful in this stewardship that you have given us in teaching and training our kids the truths of your word. Pray that you would help us even tonight to be convicted about your call to us to know God and to love God, that we would make that a priority in our lives, that we would be spending time in your word personally, that we would learn who God is, that we would understand your character, and that we would also be spending time in personal prayer and fellowship and worship of the Most High God. What a special gift you've given us to be able to communicate with you through prayer. And I pray that we would take every opportunity and every advantage um, to use that gift that you have blessed us with in this life. We're so thankful for the work of Christ. Thank you that you don't call us to perfection. You know our sin. You sent Jesus to be what we couldn't be. And that was to live a life of perfect obedience to you so that he could take our place, take our sin upon himself, so that for all those who would place their faith and trust in Christ alone would be recipients of his righteousness. What an amazing thing. So we thank you tonight for the sweet gift of salvation that we can enjoy in this life. And we pray that we would be found faithful to be good stewards for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so you guys got time together now. If you need to spread out, you're welcome to. Move your chairs around if you need to.